0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche post-game podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by A.J. Hafley and Blaze Hunter to talk to you guys about a regulation win by a narrow margin, but a regulation win for the Avs over Vegas 3-2. Thank you, first of all, for the couple of super chats I see from Spence and Vaguely Sober. Bo does indeed know. We will talk about Byram quite a bit tonight, I'm sure. Let's start with the top of the game, though. You get into this one. Nathan McKinnon back on the goal train a little bit. Obviously, there was, you know, those those 12 days off in there that if we kind of ignore those, McKinnon had been struggling to put pucks in the net, still producing just fine, but he finally gets one to fall for him. <laughs> There's a different universe where he has a hat trick in this game, but he got one of them to go in at least. Yeah. yeah I
1: mean, he- right off the bat there, right? Like it looked like he was going to score and then something just, ha- I don't know. Did somebody get a stick on him or. Yeah. It was Got a stick on him. Yeah. Yeah. But he got the first goal. I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he- Gets the first goal, hits a post in the game, yep. missed a, a wide open net, had a wide open net 10 seconds into the game, too, where it just kind of pinballed away from him. Uh, so McKinnon took one whole game to shake the rust off, basically, is what I'm saying here. Now, Now involved heavily for the Avalanche again. The top line got the job done, certainly tonight. Not necessarily from McKinnon, though, but from Brandon Saad, who only played half the game on the top line, which was weird. And we can get into that. But providing an assist to McKinnon, well, to Miko, really, on the first goal. And then scoring the second goal, the answer goal, to put the Avs back up 2-1 late in the second period. And I think that was maybe one of the most encouraging parts of this game. Both of Vegas's goals, I think the Avs responded to very, very well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The first
3: first goal, the first goal they obviously responded to exactly the way that you would prefer for them to is they just, you know, two shifts later and it's back to, it's two to one. Uh, I think that they responded to the third period goal eventually. I thought
1: they responded
0: pretty well immediately. And then they had that massive shift where Byram got caught out in the ice. But
3: yeah, like I I think it was okay. Um, you know, it just, it was, it was okay. It, it took a couple of shifts, but they really, they pushed back hard eventually. And considering that, I mean, that's Vegas has been the best third period team in the NHL this year. A bunch, a bunch of their, a bunch of their wins this year have come from them just blowing out third periods, either pulling away or coming back hard on teams and, and, you know, beating them late. So this was this was very much like in Vegas' wheelhouse. They were very comfortable with this. Colorado third period lead. You know, the Vegas stepped on them early in that third yeah. period and did what they had to do. And you know, it's they 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 escape with a win, but you certainly it you're happy with the result, but you don't necessarily love how they got there.
1: Yeah, late in that game too, the abs got stuck out there. Right, Byron was out there for what seemed like an eternity, and with, there was some uh, blown assignments in front of the net where it looked like the abs might just give up. Just a gritty goal from Vegas, just pressuring the crap out of you know the the, the defense out there. Yeah, it, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there was not
0: a ton of confidence i don't think in that third period at any time for the avalanche uh, until the clock's all hit zero but they got there at the end of the day uh, i do want to i want to wind it back a little bit as uh, this image was specifically requested by aj hayflee as we move into the talk about the avalanche's power play Simple answer to the Avs Lanch power plays. It's, it's right on the glass for the Avs to talk about. You can see it there. Don'tbebroke.com. Maybe they can help with the Avs power play tonight. AJ.
3: I like I like that it's like all it wraps all the way around the board. Like, it just keeps repeating. Like they, they put the PetSmart and the points bet, they just like slap it up there on a banner. And for some reason, the don'tbebroke.com, they were just like, let's wrap it all the way around.
0: <laughs> I, they paid for the ad space, I guess I, <laughs> nonetheless
3: was that, was that was that part of the, uh, the the negotiation We want it to be repeated yeah. put it on the boards and put you, you 50 <laughs> times really right. make people think about it. We need to if we don't see it 50 times on the board,
0: <laughs> we're not sending you that check <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the special teams though. Obviously didn't get it done tonight. I'm mostly willing to throw it out and not worry about it because let's face it, the Avs' first unit is missing two key pieces and the second unit is kind of whoever's left that wasn't in the AHL a week ago, right?
3: (laughs) I'm not. um, I, I I would be a lot more willing to do that if they had gotten it set up and they were... You know, they just didn't finish anything, and then you're just kind of like, "That's life, right?" And I mean, that's that's life on the special teams. Or special teams are just you go, you live and die in streaks anyway. It's like basketball is a game of runs. Special teams is kind of the same thing. You don't you don't score a special team. You don't you don't score a power play goal every night. You score three, and then you go five games without one. You know, like that's special teams is hot or not, but they were useless. On the on the power play. They they were the couple of times, three power plays, six minutes with a man advantage, and they got set up. I counted three times. And none of them resulted in any shots on net. I'm not even sure that they were they were shots intended for the net. It was like pucks in the skates. <laughs> they were right into traffic, throwing a puck at a guy whose back is to the net. And it's like, what are you accomplishing with this? What are you getting done by doing this? It didn't look like there was any plan. It was it was awful. Like their power their power play was awful. I don't know what I don't I don't know if they were trying to work on a new wrinkle. The zone entry was was atrocious. Nothing worked. I mean it was it was really really bad. And normally I'm the one who just shrugs off special teams and I'm like, "Look, they're super inconsistent." Yeah, what are you gonna do about it? It's whatever. It was just bad, and then their PK, the PK didn't do anything wrong except lose the faceoff because yeah. that's a free setup. Yeah, you lose the faceoff, they get set up, and they're fine. They, you know, right. Graves didn't do anything wrong. It's a great shot by and Doesn't you know? I think I think Cody Glass was the guy screening Grubauer. Yep, it was a great shot anyway. Grubauer's probably not getting that even if he sees it. You just kind of, for me, oh, I, I, the goal against, I was like, whatever. But I thought the PK in the third period was big. That was that was big for them to kill that thing
1: off and get going.
0: You're just going to let your dog bark and not pay the doggo tax?
1: Uh, <laughs> Kids coming home from hockey right now. So, ah, okay. Yeah, All right. Maybe later.
0: Maybe later we'll get the
1: dog. Yeah. On, on the power play, though, you're missing a key piece, right? Like in, on that umbrella at the top point there, missing maker there I, I think
3: yeah. that I think that Landeskog is more important than McCar is because he's a huge part of what they do on the zone entry. Yeah. The vast majority of the time, McKinnon defers to Landeskog's side and they play the little two man game on the entry on the wall and without Landeskog there, they just didn't look comfortable. And like obviously McCar is, is is important, but I think Landeskog I think his role in getting things going is a little more important. And then once they're set up, Makar is easily more important. Once yeah. they're actually set up and going. They just didn't get around. They just didn't do that.
1: Yeah, you and I think that.
3: I, it's only been two games, and it's like two games after a long layoff, but I think these two games have really, they they really show you the value of what Landis Scott brings across the board. How much he helps the top line, and how much how much he helps that the power play just kind of do some of the little things that it does even even though it's not it's it's not like it's exceptional when he's there so it's it's interesting to see especially coming off of like last week when people were bored and were like maybe Gabe Landeskog isn't worth it <laughs>
1: I mean he's gritty, right? Like he goes down there and he grinds and gets those pucks and creates that time and space for that top line and you can see it's missing out there. Well, and, and Burkovsky
3: brings such a different element because he he needs to shoot and he defers so much to the other two guys. Why wouldn't you? They're who they are, they're 30 goal guys. Yeah. Why wouldn't you naturally be like, oh, I'm gonna set these guys up? But Burk I mean, Burkowski's bricked his own golden scoring opportunities. It's it's going back before the the, the layoff. He's he's really <laughs> – we talk about McKinnon, and he only has three goals on the year, but burkowski has been pretty snake lately.
0: It's <laughs> all right. Sure, definitely a struggle for Berkovsky tonight, but I want to keep the hype train going instead. Let's get to our DraftKings king of the game here. Nazem Kadri, of course, has to be the man with the last-minute game-winning goal, making a habit of it. To, uh, to score some late winners for the Avs. Not quite less than 0.1 <laughs> seconds left on this one, but still comes in huge. And, AJ, I think this continues to be a theme that we pointed out in the preseason. The Avs' secondary stars. The Avs are missing a bunch of guys right now. Who steps up? Brandon Saad, a two-point night. Nazem Kadri, the game-winning goal. When you get that production out of those guys, that's how... Having a Landeskog out, missing a Kale McCarr, it doesn't feel quite as bad with those guys doing their thing.
3: Yeah, well, and and the other guy that you don't mention there, Jonas Donskoy, with two more assists. Yep, makes two really good plays on two of the goals that they score, and you know, for a guy that we talked about, please Seattle take this guy in the expansion draft. Like right now, you know, through through the first whatever, however many games we are, twelve games or some through thirteen games, uh. Jonas Donskoy has been really, really important for Colorado.
0: That's – Donskoy has absolutely played his way into that last protection spot while (laughs) someone like JT Comfort has sort of played his way out of it, right? Yeah, and
3: again, like JT Comfort, no – nothing happening with him on the ice, but the the Donskoy contributions, that stuff is huge. You need a guy like that to make plays. I mean, he's not a guy that's driving play. He's not a guy that's doing a lot of fancy things for you. He's just making really good little plays that are turning into important plays.
0: All right, Blaze, give me the uh, the hockey coach's opinion here because AJ and I have come to the conclusion that face-offs only matter when they matter. Nazem Kadri wins his own face-off leading to the goal that wins the game for him. How, how critical is that? How are you looking at that and trying to find a balance between how important a faceoff is?
1: I mean, that one's critical, right? Like, obviously, there's certain areas of the ice that you want to win that puck. Get possession of that puck and make sure that you're controlling the game. Um, especially there, that was huge. With the time left, I mean, it goes the other way. They win it, they get it out. I mean, the abs are stuck chasing down a puck and then you're going to overtime.
0: For sure. It's...
1: And I don't wonder how, how in, in yeah. that game there are no bad results for Vegas at that
3: point. Yep, because they're guaranteed to walk out of there with three out of four points in the first two. And these are these are two teams that we think are going to battle for the division title throughout the year. These eight head-to-head games are so important. Yeah, and the Avs getting down four, getting down two games to start this series off. Would have been. I mean, even if even if the abs had won in overtime, right, and it, and it was one oh one one, you're still losing points there. And for them to have gotten the regulation win, whoo. Like we talk about, like situationally, faceoffs are incredibly important in in a situation like that. Uh, even even the immediate faceoff after at center ice, you know, with thirty nine seconds to go, that's also an important faceoff
0: you can bury it if you win the, well, the next and, often.
1: The other thing, too, is the abs haven't been, uh, you know, historically good in OT.
0: <laughs> and historically bad, perhaps, <laughs> in OT at times. It's um,
3: actually – it's really just a, under Jared Bednar. Um, yeah. When you talk about this, I – for some reason, I've been watching old Avalanche games from when they were bad, and I watched – they had a shootout win over Vegas – or over Vegas, over the Kings – in like 2012 and it was their 10th straight shootout win which was one behind an nhl record and i was like what the hell what what do you mean they win games in overtime this is so this is so foreign to me for them to have won that many of them in a row, it was it was crazy.
0: Sounds like they win shootouts, not overtimes. <laughs> well, remember
3: when shootouts used to be a thing? That like, just might well have not been play happened? overtime.
0: Yeah, because
3: four on four was a thing, and and everybody figured out how to play five minutes of nothing four
0: on four. All right. On on shootout note, we do have to take our first period break with Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get the amazing Avalanche Amber down at the DNVR bar along with eight other beers on tap, a bunch of other amazing stuff as well. They just started throwing their seltzers out there, which I haven't had the chance to have them yet, but AJ tells me they are amazing. So I'm sure a, who was it? Who was it that drank like all of the apple ones that Harrison, like snipe them all? Yeah. So I,
3: I tried. So there were five, there are five of their five flavors. I got to try four of them because Harrison wins stuffed all the peach ones.
0: Peach. Okay.
3: Yeah. He took all the, and he, he kept being like, every time somebody would try one, he'd be like, have you tried the peach? And it was like, no, dude, nobody <laughs> can. You drank all of them. <laughs> we can't, we
0: literally can't. Yeah. So. Apparently, try the peach one. <laughs> this is the takeaway just here. Don't be around Harrison when you've got it. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to he's gonna be like the human claw machine. He just comes in and just grabs that thing and goes. Also sponsored by Strava Craft Coffee, which you can get down at the bar as well. Cold Brew, if you want to try it there and head to their website. Use code DNVR20 to get 20% off your purchase. And you can sign up for their subscription service to get 20% off every single time you buy all right, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We have a super chat from David here. Thank you. Might as well just get into this conversation now then. That pass from Byram, off the draw for the game winner. Nice pass. Byram is officially right now credited with the assist there. Uh it's kind of pin it. It pinballed around. And Vegas never really had possession, right? So that should no, stand.
3: It'll, it'll stick, yeah.
0: So... That's his second point of the season. A lot of conversations around Byram tonight, ranging from incredibly solid defense to lack of offensive production. To, oh my god, what? How ma- How many shots on goal for both teams can happen when one man is on the ice? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh,
3: he was Colorado's highest event player. Um, it should be also noted that he played by far the most at five v five tonight of the Avs, playing twenty four thirty seven.
0: Uh, that's what happens when you lose a defenseman one minute into the hockey game. But yeah, yeah. Well, So Gilbert had some shit. He finished with 159. Yeah. He <laughs> took some shifts after, but then but after his fight. Eight.
3: So yeah. good time for Kyle McCarr to come back. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is basically two games in a row that they've played with 5D. Pretty much. Which, I mean, if you feel that way about him, like like if Gilbert got hurt, then I understand. But if you feel that way about Gilbert... Just stop playing him. He was bleeding like a sieve after that fight. <laughs> yeah, well, when you get punched in the face as many times <laughs> as you do, like maybe don't pick a fight with the dude that's going to force feed you his fists. This yeah,
0: not where I thought this conversation was going, but I am curious. What blaze? What was your take on that fight? Are you are you uh, are you cool with with a fight like that, or is that? To me, that's the fight that means nothing. Like, that,
1: why even bother? Yeah, it was like early on in the game, it was just weird. I was just like wanted to show the coach that he was ready to go. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I thought it was. Look at look at the two players that got
0: into this fight, all right? It's a zero zero game. You're less than two minutes in. Obviously, the Avs came to play as they got a scoring chance 10 seconds in. Dennis Gilbert, his 24th NHL game. Keegan Colasar, his 12th NHL game. These are two dudes that are like fight me because I need to make an impression to
1: stay in the NHL. Like, Yeah, I mean, maybe he, he thinks that he can get a roster spot on the Avs, you know, being the tough guy since uh, the Avs don't have a tough guy this year. <laughs> I, don't I don't think know. that's going to happen, though.
0: Yeah, that, <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. Bednar's not going to play that guy again unless he absolutely has to. So, so no. AJ, I assume you're, you're in the same boat for the most part.
3: Yeah, I just mm-hmm. – i've made I've made my stances on fighting very clear over the years that well, if you're standing up for a teammate, I'm all for that uh if you're throwing down the gloves to try and send a message to the coach that you're ready to play or something what <laughs>
0: Okay, let's bring in the man from the locker room. I guess the, the remote locker room, the Zoom locker room. Yeah, the Zoom room. The Zoom room. Evan Rao, back from the interviews. Looks like he's psyching himself up there. Uh, <laughs> uh, something in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, I, I have no idea what the vibe is going to be in the room after that game. Hit, hit us with it.
2: Uh, Bednar said we'll we'll take it and get the hell out of here. Because he thought Vegas was better than they were the other night. It's just, you know, the Avs kind of battled and Groovy was there to help him out. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially with the lineup, they, it seems like half their games this year, they're running down to five defensemen. This is getting ridiculous at this point. So, uh, 5D, they're just going to take the two points and get out of there. Everyone was really happy that it didn't go to overtime uh, just to avoid that three-point game.
0: Sounds about right. We were just talking about that and the importance of it And when every game's a divisional game. Overtime never feels great, but for- I mean look, I'll ta- I'll take overtime against the LA Kings every
3: single game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, and then whatever happens after that happens, but
2: I don't I'll need more game. hockey. I don't need more hockey against the LA Kings. <laughs> <laughs> buddy strap in. We yeah. only got what, like six more of those
0: things to go? <laughs> Be prepared. 3-2 is the final score here in a hockey game where... I I don't know how to feel about the Avs' bottom six because it feels like they produce chances at a fairly high rate. But in my head, I'm thinking I should call these guys the magicians because it's an illusion of chance. Like, they look dangerous, but that puck's never going in the net.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, the fourth line has... uh they've just done what they need to do essentially like i <laughs> you look at that fourth line it's it's ugly but they're they're not uh, unless they're out there against Mark Stone which they were a couple times tonight they were completely fine and yeah i mean they're just getting by at this point they they definitely the third line i thought was the weak point on this on the team tonight which unfortunately has been mostly here so yeah and uh, the
0: avs Again, I I know we've stated this already, but I would like to reiterate: the Avs just won yeah. a hockey game, <laughs> missing <laughs> significant portions of their lineup. Right, missing Makar, missing EJ, missing Landeskog, missing Gerard, missing Joost, and Adam Werner is the backup goalie right now because Hunter Misk is on the COVID list now. But they continue to struggle with injuries or COVID list or whatever you want to call it. They found a way to win despite it. So it doesn't matter if it was ugly. It doesn't matter if it was pretty. A win is a win. And the bigger conversation here, I think for me is this is two games in a row where the abs have at worst hung with Vegas and at best looked like the better team without a bunch of these pieces. So,
3: yeah, I mean, I think I think Vegas pulled away from the Abs a little bit um, at the end. Yeah, yeah, and just in the third period, I thought that it was really even through two, uh, and then I think that after that, I thought Vegas was just better in the third period. The the Abs just made it count, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm given given the status, you know, they're missing half of their what they what they would feel like is their. Ideal defense. Yep. Half of them are not there, and they're going up against Vegas. Is really only missing Brady McNabb at this point, point. and I guess Robin done. Laner, But when you have Flurry and Net playing the way that he is, you you're not. They're not missing him. Um, i through two games. This is this is the ideal result, and this is I think this is a miniature disaster for Vegas.
2: You you can already see where Vegas is going to struggle, and it's just down the middle. Like, they don't have a center that can match up against, you know, McKinnon and Kadri when he's going. They just don't. And that's why they haven't been able to pull away any of these two games because they don't have that guy. They have Stone, who's incredible, and Pacioretty, who's great. But, and, you know, they have good wingers, but they just don't have that center that can... Like,
3: William Carlson's perfectly suited for the 2C role, right? But they've got... They've got Chandler Stevenson between Stone and Pacharetti, and I, I watched—I've watched most of Vegas's non-Avalanche games this year, and Chandler—Chandler Chandler Stevenson's looked like a stud. And then the Abs come rolling into town with Nathan McKinnon and Nazem Kadri, and you're like, "Have I noticed Chandler Stevenson in two games?"
0: Again, and you've watched that their weaker pieces completely disappear. One of my favorites, Alex Tuck. He had ten points in eleven games coming into this series, and he has been a complete ghost against the Avalanche. Third, his
3: the scoring chance on the on the PK, and then the shot angle on the third period, like yep. halfway through the third or so, maybe a little later. And that's
2: it. That's that's the
3: only time I've, you've really noticed Alex Tuck at all.
0: So uh, credit to, to the Avalanche D as a as a unit. And I this is something I saw people starting to talk about on, on Twitter today. And, and Blaze, maybe you can back up this conversation a little bit. But yes, we understand that the Avalanche D core is significantly better when healthy this year. But those players aren't there. And you're still seeing full buy-in from the entire
1: team, the forward core as well. Yeah, I mean what I saw out there was team defense, right? There was some times there where there was some pucks coming up the center of the ice that shouldn't have been. Um, I thought Graves got better throughout the game. At the start of it, he looked horrid. Um, he was making some horrible decisions, <laughs> and just the, the puck just wasn't there for him. So yeah. I, I, that's all I can really say. I, mean, <laughs> I, I know there was people saying that he looked great tonight, but, I mean, from what I saw out there, it, it was – it was nasty, got better in the third. I mean, he was, I think he was plus tonight, right? He was like plus two. He was out there for the goals, but.
2: Yeah, and even, I thought this might have been Tave's worst game in an Avs uniform, but I mean, yeah. they basically were, like he just had to play a ton of minutes and get by, but. <laughs> Everyone yeah. like six uh, shots tonight. Yeah, well, he, he had really- the freaking swat in the first goal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the Matumbo.
2: <laughs> Not in my house. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you look at the ice time. Him and him and Grace played twenty five minutes. I wouldn't say either of those guys played very well. They basically just survived this game, yeah. um, which is yeah. what they need to do. Certainly, everyone on the ice for the second goal the Avs gave up it
0: didn't leave a good taste in your mouth. Yes, shout out to our moderator Ali Monroy. Appreciate the super chat, Sage. Uh, very well done. But then. That second goal was just – it was gross. I understand there was no clue. None of them had any idea where the puck was. Grubauer was scrambling like a crazy person, kind of put himself out of position, fine. But you watched the Avs form a semicircle around their own crease and then just let the Vegas players skate directly through them and, and get the puck and score,
1: basically. <laughs> I mean, like, how many – Stops does group have to have before the defense picks a puck up right like yeah, well but him diving
3: across to make the initial save yeah, was yeah. insane. yeah and, and then, then had we, a second one we just aren't gonna <laughs> just like, Confront,
2: just, comfort just, Taves just, look just like it. they just passed out like they just pulled late on the ice.
3: Well they were they, none of them the thing was, was none of those guys knew where the puck was. And the only guys who did were both Vegas forwards. And eventually one of them was able to poke it in. And it was like,
1: cool. I mean, at some <laughs> point, like the defense, you know, you're told just to clear the front of the net out, right? Like, if you don't know where the puck is, just start clearing guys out. And that didn't we – like, they were just standing around.
2: Yeah, at least tie up a <laughs> stick or something. And, yeah. and like, you're not know, just supposed to lay on the
0: ice. <laughs> well, I mean, Tays at least tried to do something. You had Graves on one side standing there. Burakovsky in the back, like – I don't. He ends up staring at somebody's butt on Vegas's side because he just like AFK'd completely. Uh, I don't know what these Bednar mullet twick picks are about, but appreciate the nice donation there, JT. Uh, um, we we started touching on this conversation here, but we can finish up the second period with Philip Grubauer. Uh, once again, a 9.31 save percentage gives up two goals on the night. I I tweeted this out, but is there a conversation that Philip Grubauer is the Avs' best player right now? I mean, I know the default is all McKinnon's the MVP, but. Absolutely. it's Grubauer is putting up dumb numbers, yeah.
3: You just look at his game. Look at his game log. Like, he's, it's a 900 save
1: percentage every game. He's giving up a goal every game. He came up huge tonight. There was some saves that were out of control. I thought the sheriff was in town. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, apparently, yeah, apparently he's, he's the last five starts.
2: He's given up five goals in yeah, five starts. I, yeah. What did Kadri have to say about Gru? He's the backbone of the team, and he's driving the bus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's multiple times that players have referred to him as that. <laughs>
2: well, AJ mentioned the nine hundred save percentage. If you like his last two years, that was the problem. Is like one game he'd look good. The next game, it'd be like 8.50, say, percentage or something like that. So, you know, even if he, you know, given up a couple goals, he's staying consistent and playing well. And that's obviously huge because who the heck knows is behind him? Peyton Manning or who's that guy they called him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're running out of goalies at this point. I really think they're going to call JJ at this point. Run- <laughs> they need a goalie. They should.
0: <laughs> Why not? Uh, so, with this conversation and the three people from the av subreddit might actually get this, or I don't know how far it's spread yet, but Grubauer has to drive the bus, right? Because Nathan McKinnon has to relieve himself on the floor of the bus. (laughs) Cause bus floors are nasty. And that's what Nathan McKinnon does right before he kicks you in the bone piece. Okay. You're welcome to the four people who get the reference that I'm making. To the rest of you, we do have to take our second period. I'm out break. on that one.
1: <laughs> You're not missing anything. Yeah, with- I have no clue what's going on right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. You can head on over there. Use code DNVR when you sign up with a new account to get a bunch of amazing bonuses, top to bottom, all over the place. Our man Blaze over here yes. calling the Nathan McKinnon first goal of the night picked himself up a cool hundred dollars. So when, when you make a bet like that, I got to put you on the spot here, blaze. We got the, the outdoor game coming up. Who you got? Who's your DraftKings Kings pick of the week for Ooh. the outdoor
1: game? Who are we going to have everyone back or what's, what's going on there? The abs, abs, Sue, uh, Joseph McCarr should all play in that.
2: Yeah.
1: Game. Landy. You feel yeah. the Landy? I feel the Landy. All right. Yeah, he's, he's due. I mean, like McKinnon, right? He had a horrible game last game. And guys like that that are that good, they don't let it slide. Like he was on a mission tonight. You could tell, like watching him out there.
2: All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Landy's um, been locked up in his house with a kid for 10 days. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. We're making it official then. Our DraftKings pick of the week. Put your money on the man rocket to score first goal, or just a
1: goal. I'm I'm going first goal. First goal in
0: the outdoor game from Gabe the Babe himself. Putting money on it. There you go. Go, go, go make your
1: DraftKings <laughs> bet.
0: You can head on over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Be sure to download it now. Again, be sure to use that DNVR code when you sign up for an account. Get a bunch of amazing bonuses, including that. Turn a $1 dollar into a hundred dollar bet for just simply signing up and creating an account. As always. Terms and conditions as well as restrictions apply. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only as well. Winning paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to the video. You can head on over, click that thumbs up, click that subscribe. It really does a lot for us over on the YouTube channel. We appreciate the many of you here live with us for a fun post game with the <laughs> Avs W. I, How do we feel about the Avs depth right now? Because obviously they're deep in their bag of guys on the on the ice right that is clear but they're getting by
2: if they're i mean they're not even playing the two fours that we were thinking would be the first two guys up or at least close to it true um yeah i man watching jacob mcdonald is like watching an insanely talented mens league defenseman <laughs> he is just straight yolo no structure wild all over the place and it's showing more and more with each game. Evan, can kind you like of- poach, poke your couch for me real quick?
1: It's real. <laughs>
2: it's
1: real. It's real.
0: <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. But...
1: Yeah. At one point, at one point, I didn't know if he was playing D or playing forward.
2: <laughs> well, I think at one point there was a McDonald Magna 2 1 1, and it was like, yeah. oh my goodness, what the? <laughs> <laughs> this is what we've already come to. It's game 13. I was glad that he just shot that. It was like,
3: don't, <laughs> don't, just fire. Don't away, be cute. Dude. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, I, that's all he does. He just shoots the puck. So I, I had no, no worries that he was going to pass that thing. But, oh, yeah, sure it does. All and, right. Uh, I, the depth is, they're just surviving. Yeah.
0: All right. If Paul mentions Luke Lindening again, you can time him out. I yeah. you've been doing this for like 2 weeks and yeah. the abs are like pushing as a top 5 faceoff
2: team in the league.
0: They don't need a faceoff guy.
2: He's <laughs> even good. Like no, he's enough. awful. He's good he, he, I don't think yeah. he has a
0: single point this year. I think he might have one point in like 13 games. Well, I
2: remember him being Mike Babcock's like child when he was in Detroit and I've heard nothing of that guy since then. So not great. Uh getting back to this game
0: though.
3: He has three points, by the way.
0: Three, oh, he's up last time I checked he didn't have any. So Yeah, they all
3: came they all came on the 13th against Nashville.
0: Which, okay, so there you go. Wow. Nashville might low key be bad. Dude. <laughs> it's not low key at all. <laughs> High key bad? Yeah. yeah
3: they They might be in real trouble because it looks like UC Soros is way in over his head. That's
0: not good for them.
3: That's not yeah. Good. Can we please hurry up and bring them back to the vision? <laughs> uh,
0: so on the defensive side, I mean, is it, play time's over right? McCarr's supposed to be back. Who knows when EJ will be back? Gerard won't be back until after the outdoor game, unfortunately. But with McCarback, you're probably not going to see Gilbert again, um, So, I, which it's not going to be McDonald, right? <laughs> McDonald is the one that's going to stay in the lineup, you have to think. Gilbert's hurt now, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. But I imagine a
2: broken nose is something you can fix with three days off if you wanted okay. to play him, but... It's, if it was a broken nose, he might have come back. I, I think it could be something. You think else. it's worse than that? No. Yeah, it sure looked like a blo- broken nose. Put it <laughs> that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I don't. With the, I would, I, I know that people wanted him to like. That's his game. He wants to. Benner said he thought he had a la- bad game last game, and he wanted to step up. But I don't think you fight there, like especially with down defense that you already are. Like you. They just need the bodies, and they had to survive after that. AJ said, maybe not in so many words,
0: but if you take that fight, you better win it at least.
2: (laughs) Like, you better
3: dominate that guy.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I have my thoughts on Timmons. I know AJ disagrees. I I think he's been. I'm not a huge fan right now. He's just. He's I like that
3: we had a conversation after the second intermission. We were like, Connor Timmons has been bad. And I was like, I don't see it. And I was like, I've been disappointed by Bowen Byram's offense. And then we both got what we wanted in the third period. <laughs> <laughs>
2: both yeah. guys, way better. Yeah. Timmons just, like, Bednar a couple weeks ago said, you know, he has to realize he has more time than he thinks. And I still think he's he's going through that. There's just a lot of panic when he gets the puck and lack of composure, but, and then wildly, he'll just like hold the puck through three players. It's just out of nowhere. So it's there. I just don't think he's, you know, been very good so far. And unfortunately he's being tossed into heavy minutes. So, you know, I'll cut him a little bit of slack there and yeah, but
3: yeah, I think it'll be a lot. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens like when Makar and Gerard are both back. Yeah, that's and then is. you start to see like, OK, no longer does Ryan Graves or Connor Timmins just get this total free pass to, to have bad games. You know, what's what's going to happen when they actually have to start being accountable for the play that they put on the ice? Because right now it's like, look, you just you just play him. We have no you choice. You don't have any choice. <laughs> Who else are you gonna play? <laughs> right, like you're at that point. At that point, you're calling up. I Dan Dan is on the ice for you. Like, there's no. You're playing Dan Renolf over over Connor Timmons or Ryan Graves. Like, they better have lost you a game. Yeah. That... You know, like they better have pulled like the Nikita Zadorov against Anaheim, negative three in nine minutes. Trick with a
0: direct team. turnover right in front of their Yeah, head. like they better, play. better. They, like one of those guys better have
3: hardcore shit to bed. <laughs> but like when we just it hasn't happened, right? Like we're, right now they're just dropping them in the lineup, and I think it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise in that guys like this you have you have to let them work through some of these things, and if you're constantly rotating them in and out based on bad games or whatever, then you're just not these guys are never going to find a rhythm, you know, Oh, I had one decent night and then I go into a second night and you know, the, does a guy ever find a real rhythm playing like that? It's, it's really hard to, and especially a guy like Timmins, where he, I mean, this is, we're still talking about a rookie NHL defenseman here. Like I, I know that the way that they have street rookies, sometimes we act like seven games is, is an eternity of an opportunity, but it's, it's really not and especially defensemen like we talk about defensemen they take longer you there's a lot to adjust to there's a lot happening the speed of the game especially for a guy whose foot speed is not going to be able to bail him out like Connor Timmins you know Timmins needs to it, you know there needs to be some playing time there you know when when Ryan Graves rolled into the abs unexpectedly he was like 4 years older than Timmins is today <laughs> You know, he had like, he had hundreds of professional games under his belt at that point. And with Timmons, you're, we're still talking about like, this guy hasn't played 100 games in pro hockey.
0: The only way you learn how to make decisions against NHL speed is playing against NHL speed.
3: It's, so. it's it. And we've seen, we've seen with Timmons, like, we've seen him, we've, he's, he has excelled at every other level except this one. And so I think that there's plenty of reason to continue to give him a leash. But if Eric Johnson joins Gerard and McCart, like if, if EJ, if, if he gets back into that mix, you're going to have a really, really hard time living with the mistakes that these guys are making on a regular basis. But for right now, you just let him play through it. And you just hope that you end up, you know, he he ends up figuring it out and that you end up better in the long run for it. The problem is the problem is that Colorado's defense for the first time in modern history is just too talented. they don't have that problem at the forward position where Sheldon Dries is wasting everybody's time but with Connor Timmins like you gotta you gotta just let it roll like as, as great as as great as Byron has been you know as, as much as we've all loved to, to see what he's done already and he's been a revelation. In some ways, I think what Byram is doing is more impressive than what we saw from McCarr in the postseason, because Byron got dropped in, and the plan was to shelter him, and he's then that playing, plan immediately back went away <laughs> because of injuries, and that guy's now there. He's essentially been their top guy since then, and they're 19 years old, and he's trying to he's trying to anchor a defense that's just surviving right now with a bunch of guys.
2: Yeah, and when I say. I haven't been super impressed with Timmons. I'm not saying he sucks or that he's going to suck long-term. Yeah, for it's sure. It's just that, you know, this is just what I'm seeing right now. He's struggling with the pace. And it's not that I, you know, think this is going to last forever. I'm hoping that he figures it out. I'm just, you know, this is what I'm seeing. And like I said, he's playing he, – he was playing, what, 10 minutes when the abs were healthy? He was very, he was like, very limited minutes. And like now 12 he's, to 15, yeah. Yeah, and now he's playing 20 22 minutes because they li- literally have to. So every mistake, you know, he, he's, he's making a lot of mistakes out there, but that's just what has to happen. Like Bednar has multiple, multiple times said he has to play through these mistakes cause they have to know what they have in him and they got to let him learn. So it is what it is. Um, yeah. I, you know, hopefully a couple of these guys come back and limit some of this time and so that you're not playing Graves 25 minutes a night. he probably he probably goes home at night and is just like, thanks,
1: kale. Thanks Bo. like that that's what people expect now, right like they, just, they see that and they're like, why is everyone like this You're not automatically an NHL well, caliber defenseman what it, it
3: has been like that because people people for the last two years have been like Connor Timmons is on the way. Connor Timmins Connor Timmons, Conor Timmons. Yeah. 10 games into the season and people are like Connor Timmons sucks. why is he playing? and it's like you guys have got the most distorted idea of what rookie <laughs> defensemen look like in the NHL because of what has happened over the last couple of years where wild shit has taken place like, it, and like we we were, it's funny the way we remember Sam Girard's first season because that defense was so bad <laughs> and he came in and was just completely fine like he was not he was not great wasn't amazing there were things that he did that other guys on the defense could not do. And it was like, he brought, he just brought an element, right? There was an All it had to of, be of... was
0: not an actively burning dumpster. <laughs> well, and, it was, right. it and that's great. what I'm
3: saying. Like, like we had, we had watched like the Nate Ginnens and Nick Holdens and Brad Stewart's and Bo Shemans and Zanin's and <laughs> Fedor Tutin and Eric Jelena and Cody Goluboff. Like, the listowski. So
0: <laughs> like, list that was is their so third
3: long. pair heading and into the like, playoffs that year. These bad dudes. David and then Gerard showed up and it was like, hey, this kid doesn't absolutely suck. <laughs> and and so and, and like that team was just no good. Like that the, that defense was not good. Mark Barbario was was a big part of that team, you know? Like just so many of those guys. And then G was like a competent NHL player. And then McCarr and Byram have obviously McCarr has been ultra special and Byram. We're seeing it with the points, but even Byram, it's been like, he's like 26 minutes a night is a 19 year old on a cup contender and like holding his own. The guy's surviving. He's you not drop, drowning.
0: You drop the dude out on defense in his own zone. And you're not worried. You're not worried at all, and he's 19 and, years
3: old. <laughs> and this was this was like coming into this. You were like, "Well, how's he going to hold up defensively? We know he can score points. We know he's we we know he's all these. You know, he has all these offensive attributes, and he's crazy doing all this other stuff, right? But it's like the, it's the kind defense, of the opposite. We're, yeah, like, We're whoa, <laughs> like, it, and it was funny because if you go and you watch the, his first couple of games. And you watch our post game pods. All of us are like, "Oh my god, the offense is awesome. He's just crazy with the puck." And the defense, the the defense is a work in progress. But <laughs> boy, that offense! And now we're we're now into the eleventh game, and we're like, "Wow, that defense has really gotten rock solid." And where's the offense,
0: though? I mean, I I think it was you that mentioned this, and this is true of both Kale and Byram is how well they take to the coaching. This coaching staff asks them to do things, and you immediately see them start to work on it in games, let alone in practice. Um, A lot of people in chat talking about this one. We can go around the horn on it, but let's start with our uh, our graphic designer here. Plays (laughs) the Chrome Domes for Vegas. Thoughts? (laughs)
1: It'll be great for Star Wars night. (laughs) They're (laughs) awful. They're awful. I, I don't like them. I don't like Notre Dame's gold helmets. I'm just—I can imagine what's going on in the locker room, and they're like, "Check these out, guys!" And they're like, "No, cool."
0: Are, are you a fan of their gold jerseys, the
1: the sparkly ones? Uh, the stripper dust gold? Yeah, jersey. yeah, the, those ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a no. I mean, they're. They're okay, but no.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, what's what's I, worse? What's worse is the is it the blue helmets from the Avs? or oh,
3: the blue helmets are awful? You notice they had the white helmets on tonight and they won. Yeah.
2: Well, they had them on last game too.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm ignoring
2: <laughs> them. my narrative, I I like their gold those helmets more than whatever the hell that jersey was they wore the other night. I think the, that thing was hideous. Yeah. Is definitely. that the one with the sword on it? Their, do we get yeah, the alternate get, logo? The Avs wear their Nordiques jersey on Saturday, don't they? Yeah, for yep. the outdoor game. So. Which
0: um, let's introduce the jerseys in the one game where the camera no angles. One can are awful and no one can see anything. will be able to see it. Yeah, but <laughs> no. I am curious how like
3: what those camera angles end up looking like because they don't have any fan that That's out.
0: They can the really camera be awesome. Yeah, maybe we can hope. Fingers crossed. On that one for sure, and as usual, I end up on the wrong side of the uh, the d- design conversation because I think the gold helmets are sick. I love them, <laughs> all about it. Like I said, I would have the the golden chrome helmet and the like reflective silver visor. <laughs> I'd be that guy, one hundred percent. You can also sure get them. a
2: gold
1: one.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I did. I told my wife this is probably something I would have been pumped to wear when I was like nine, but. <laughs> As an adult, you're probably like, "Yeah, I don't know about that." Dude, I still dress myself like I'm nine, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I uh, I don't know. Uh, we're we're drifting into DNVR after dark territory <laughs> here, so let's. It's that's like me. midnight, so yeah. Wait, wait, I know what I know what AJ's answer is, but what do you think of those those helmets?
3: Oh no, I love them. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I tweeted about them. Yeah, them oh
1: yeah. Them. yeah, me and you I, man. for the for
3: the record. I'd I would like them a lot more if, if the uniform that they were wearing like even kind of matched. <laughs> right, yeah. That's that's, that's it, that's kind of where they lost me with it. Was like this kit just looks awkward. <laughs> but the just the helmets, love them. <laughs> also love the Vegas is not winning games in them. <laughs> kidding, guys,
1: um oh and two in them, right?
0: I also I also yeah.
3: love the Notre Dame helmets. I think the whole Golden Domer thing is super cool. So. The
1: true, the true Chrome helmets are sick too. For it sure, it reminds me of like uh, this the seals, like they're, <laughs> oh, they're they used to
2: paint uh, the skates white. Yeah, that was such a mistake. Hell yeah, <laughs> the, the Chrome. I had a Chrome dome back when I was young, which again proves my point. <laughs> you know, the the
3: Chrome helmets that the Kings wore at the outdoor at Stadium Series last year were amazing.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, they're no sick. Hate. Nobody got into the arena to see him. So,
0: <laughs> well, uh, well, let's let's not bring up that memory. Let's move into final thoughts instead. I to go back where I started the show. Avs won three two in regulation. That's two points for the Avs. None for Vegas. You're one and one in the series, and the Avs are only going to get better as far as talent is concerned as the game as this series goes on. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Still obviously early, and uh, the games played are, are, are obviously also still like all over the place. But Colorado, right now, 17 points, third place in the division. Uh, four points back of Vegas, three points back of St. Louis. Uh, games in hand on both. Um, you know, a point up on Arizona, two points up on Anaheim. Again, games in hand advantage. Hard to hard to feel too bad about their position right now. I mean, eight four eight four and one through thirteen. They've got a plus fourteen goal differential. they Four three and one uh, away from Denver. This is fine so far. I am uh, one thing, uh, a minor gripe that I have about this outdoor game. What the hell is it an <laughs> game?
0: Yeah, in va- it's in Nevada. It's, it's, it's in an Nevada,
3: and I was like. Why wasn't the LA why wasn't LA the home team in Air Force last year?
1: It's, not, it's also not in Denver. It's right on the border of California, so you know.
2: <laughs> Makes I, sense. I had it on my calendar. I was like, I'm going to abs practice on Thursday. And I thought about it, I was like, wait a second. No, Saturday's game is in Tahoe. I'm not going to abs practice. <laughs> yeah. Nope.
3: I wonder I I am curious, like, do they do they stay in Vegas for an extra day or two? And just chill, <laughs> or do they go to Tahoe immediately? And they're like,
2: "Hey, guys, Probably gotta do. Depends on if they're a King or not.
0: No. <laughs> Don't be broke. Dot com. <laughs> I wonder if that's his website.
2: <laughs> um. Final thoughts. I man, I hope the NHL players back on Saturday. I'm, I'm already over watching all these AHL dudes like just straight AHL lifers. I'm hoping we get some talent back, make it more watchable. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Hopefully more watchable though. That game was pretty good. I
2: I liked that. It was, yeah, it was all over the place. It was an entertaining game, but yeah, not
3: to be honest, like the two heavyweights of the West division and two really, I've I've liked both games uh, and to see that they were competitive in both with the injuries that they had, like, I'm sorry, but that has to make Vegas a little nervous, right? Sure. Like if the if the situations were reversed, wouldn't you be a little nervous from an app side that you walked out of this one one if they didn't have like sure. Pachoretti and Petrangelo and Shea Theodore? And you they still wandered out one with, with a one-one split in your own building? Like, wouldn't you be a little nervous from an app's perspective where you're like boy, when they get those guys back, this is going to be a handful.
0: Uh, after these two games, maybe not so nervous anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, from an Avs perspective, sitting where we are right now, you're like, okay, these these guys are going to come back, and there's there's real potential for them to, to shell these guys.
0: All right. One last thing. Will the ABS win their first outdoor game on Saturday? Yes or no? No, no no explanation just yes or no. <laughs> we have a no from AJ. A yes from Blaze and it looks like a no from Evan.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll go no. I can't say words apparently. I'll just say no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll take yes. We're split 2-2. I'll bet uh, we'll we'll put down a
0: seltzer bet because we will be at the bar for the uh the outdoor game. Uh
3: Oh, Seltzer, we'll, but we, we should do that finish, whatever. We gotta do finished shots if we if,
0: all right, if that's that bad. I'll bring the Swedish fish, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fine. Uh, so, be prepared. Outdoor game, it's gonna be a blast, one way or another. For those of you that want to come on down to the bar, come on down, enjoy the watch party of the Avs game. A 1 p.m. I believe the bar opens at noon for that game, so. Come hang out, have a good time, then join us for that post-game show as well. We have other shows coming up this week for you, 1 p.m. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. (laughs) We have like a whole
3: slate of shows on days off again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So be sure to check those out as well. Appreciate everyone in the chat hanging out live. Be sure to check us out on YouTube if you're listening to the audio-only version of the podcast That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you guys again tomorrow.